0: World-y, worldy, 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 absolute worldy, absolute world. That's enough of that. Absolute what are you doing? World-y,
1: absolute world.
0: It's the it's um Ode to Joy. It's the anthem of Europe. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. It wasn't particularly tuneful.
1: It wasn't the right notes, but I got the gist. There were some notes. There was there were some of the notes.
0: Hi, Kyle. Hi, Joel. Oh my good god! It's good, good, good to be back. It's episode 59. Why, well, it's season 7, episode 1. Your phone went off in the first 10 seconds. We're
1: back. <laughs> Why should we go on pretending like we're savvy? Things happen, Joel. If, it, if this last 18 months has taught us anything, is that things happen.
0: I've, I've, I think that's a lesson that, that, that us and our listener will share. Things happen. Hello, listener. Welcome. How are you?
1: We haven't heard from y- a peep out of you since
0: January? No, not since, not since, uh... Our... Oh no, we did an ESL special in April. Yes, we were deluged, Kyle, if you remember, by people saying, I don't understand why everyone's so unhappy, can you do an emergency episode? And we did an emergency ep- episode, um, we recorded it, we edited it, we got it out in record time for us, actually, and by the evening, <laughs> the whole thing had fallen apart.
1: Our most dated episode was dated within... 35 minutes of being broadcast.
0: Uh, I mean, people were very thankful. A lot of people have, have, have messaged me and said, I didn't understand it until you explained it, but it looks like it's not a problem anymore. I was like, well, who knows? Maybe it'll come back.
1: Well, listener, forget about the European Super League. Fuck the European Super League. We're here to talk
0: about the European Championships. 2020. Pardon? It's the European Championships 2020, Kyle. But it's 2021. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but I certainly don't feel like I've had a year. What? I don't know. <laughs> What's happened? Why
1: have they. Oh, it's postponed from last summer.
0: I mean, that's some great acting. I was like, does he not know? Why did they do that again? I can't think what they. What... Mm, we're not
1: really in a place where we can start joking no, about COVID, soon. so we're too not going to do that. Uh Yeah. It... Well, it's happening at least. Yes. With very reduced uh, attendances. But it gives us, and you, something to go to the pub for apart from the fact that you can.
0: Yep, you can go to the pub and you can go to the pub and watch football. How unbelievably exciting is that? Kyle, Euro 2020 happening in summer 2021. What is exciting and different about this Euro 2020 competition other than the fact that it's happening in the wrong year?
1: Plenty, Joel. Plenty. And we're going to cover it. In these two episodes.
0: Three, probably.
1: Probably three episodes. (laughs) And to get us in the mood, we listen back to our very first ever episode. To remind ourselves of what we loved and what our audience loved about why we came together to do the Absolute Worldie show in the first place. And it was categories, Joel. Was it categories? It was an international tournament and categories. The World Cup in 2018, three years ago, three years we did this. (laughs) And the categories we made up, the whimsical pun names to do with Russia. This time it's to do with something else. What's it to do with? Well, Well, we're going to come on to that. But we thought about doing pandemic themed categories. Yeah, we
0: thought, you know what our listener wants? Pandemic puns. And then we changed our minds. We tried
1: some and we thought this isn't funny. <laughs> no, this is awful. People are dying.
0: Yeah, it's gross. And there's been, you know, a lot of horrible things. So instead of that, we're going to distract you. And we've got categories, guys. We've got four categories per team. We've got all of the teams. How many teams are there, Kyle? 24! 24. 24 teams times four categories is a lot of information. And what's going to happen is you're going to be in the pub with your football-loving mate who really wants to watch Croatia versus the Czech Republic. And you don't. We know you don't. But you're going to be there and you're going to bust out one of these factoids that we've got for you and your football-loving mate is going to go, how did you know that? And you're going to say, I learned it from the Absolute Worldy Football podcast. Quickly, get our Apple Podcasts open. We'll, I'll wait. Yeah, that one. Now press subscribe.
1: <laughs> Those two guys, yeah, they do look stupid, but they're smart and they're funny.
0: Listen. <clears throat> so, it's happening. It's group A and B, and it, it will be kicking off right after this. <laughs>
1: I wanna kick you. Da da, da 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 Euro 2020, Euro 2021. Yeah, that is Martin Garrix with the official Euro 2020 European Championships anthem. Joel, what do you think?
0: I mean, sounded a lot like you just singing, uh, but uh, it's a great anthem. That's because
1: it's so damn catchy. Can't get it out of my head. Oh, Martin Garrix. <laughs>
0: Are you encouraging our listener to download the Euro twenty twenty anthem. Well, here's what
1: I think about anthems, right? The Champions League one, very famous, everyone knows it. The
0: Champions.
1: It. Uh, the Europa League one.
0: Don't know it. Da
1: da 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 That
0: just sounds like a game show. No, it's really good.
1: That sounded uh, like countdown. Da 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 da. There
0: you go.
1: And it's they're, they're deliberately designed to have a chant-like element because they hope that people are going to take on the brand and chant it in so stadium. So just
0: just give me another give me another burst of Garretts. <laughs>
1: no one is going to be <laughs> singing that <laughs> in any stadium. It's too high. We're it's, not terrible. We've, we've been campaigning for football fans to get their act together and do choral singing for years. Joel. Yes, years, deaf ears. <laughs> so. I like that tune. It's very Eurovision. I feel like it's setting us up for this European tournament, this continent-wide European tournament.
0: Now, why have you put on a special voice and lent even further into your mic to say that?
1: Maybe we'll come to it when I get to Group B.
0: Okay, so we're not going to explain the. the... Nope. Before okay, we get but...
1: to the groups, <laughs> we need to explain the categories. Categories. That's, that's why you're, you're here. For.
0: It's literally just so you can be say what. Crap puns that the boys come up with, and then turn the episode off. Now, listener, you probably went back and listened to episode one to six, and you probably remember that we did a
1: Russia-themed World Cup podcast because the World Cup was being hosted by Russia, and it was all geared towards Vladimir Putin. This time, not so. But here are our four categories. The first one for your factoid for you to use in the pub, or wherever you are, family, home, garden, whatever. Euro don't say. Euro
0: don't say. Let's try
1: it again. You try and do it.
0: Hey, uh, let me tell you this amazing factoid I, I, I learned on a po- podcast. Euro don't say. It does sort of work. <laughs> Just about. Euro don't say. Euro don't say. Uh, that's the factoid. You will get factoids. They might be football related. They might be politics related. They might be absolutely nothing to do with anything other than the name of the country. But you will get a factoid per country. What is the second category, Kyle? mental. Controversial, but I like it. What does Continental
1: mean? It sounds to me like it might mean something to do with people from the continent who lose their head.
0: Ah, who might potentially have a bad game? Maybe
1: a bad game. Maybe throw their whole nation's tournament into jeopardy. (gasps) We don't want to be casting aspersions about anything to do with the mental health of the player. That's a disclaimer. Continental does semi-imply that, but also it's a good pun on Continental, isn't Uh, it?
0: I hadn't thought of that before we came on air. Okay, cool. So Continental, the player who is bad or has a bad tournament, quickly moving on from that disclaimer. Uh, and so our next category is...
1: The most valuable player, the best player, the player that's going to become a hero, a star in this tournament. Oh,
0: there must be so many good European puns that someone could come up with for that. Oh, there are, but this one's ours.
1: <laughs> Barnier Stormer. A barnstormer of a player, a barnstormer of a tournament, Michel Barnier equals Barnier Stormer. <laughs>
0: It works. It works. Sure, why not? And the last one. Oh, this is my favourite. So, listener, you know that you listen to us for the other side of football. The side that no other podcast is brave enough to enter into. That's right. You, we will be telling you a factoid. We'll be telling you the best player. We'll be telling the worst player. And of course, of course, the hottest player.
1: That's what we're here for. The
0: eye candy. Yeah,
1: as I was doing research for this this particular category, I did think no one else... In the football sort of patriarchal male-led world, you just don't hear men talking about attractive men unless it's like, what, what sort of things they say on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the sort of commentary? They'll say things like wonderful hair or statuesque or they'll never just say what an attractive man. Yeah. Well, We will.
0: But I mean, and and listener, there will be 24 attractive men whose names you will know and you can look out for every time you watch a game.
1: And you'll be seeing our live reaction to them because we haven't shown each other ours. And, and what's the, the name? name
0: of the category, Kyle? EU've pulled. No. EU've <laughs> pulled. Yeah, but
1: you have to say EU've no. pulled because otherwise people would be like, are they saying EU? No, we're saying the EU. EU've pulled. That's how it works, Joel.
0: I've got to say, we've outdone ourselves with these puns. <laughs> I... Um uh do you wanna <laughs> run through those categories again?
1: Absolutely. Uh for the factoid, for each single nation that's 24 nations. Uh the fact is, you Oh, don't say. I did them the wrong way around. You
0: don't say. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Uh
1: for the player that's gonna have a meltdown. Continental. Continental. Scott <laughs> up Center. Um, Barney Stormer, the best player, and you've pulled for their fit.
0: You've pulled! Amazing. Well, those are our categories. Uh Please don't now leave. Uh Stay with us, because after this, I will be doing the entirety of Group A. Every team's categories, all four of them. We'll be right back. We are a team, a team of men. We play football and we're gonna win the cup that everybody covered. So it's big, big shiny, shiny, and it's made of gold. It's Group A. A, Kyle. A for amazing. So, shall I tell you about the teams in Group A? Please do. You're looking at Italy, you're looking at Turkey, you're looking at Switzerland, and you're looking at Wales. Sound exciting? I think
1: on paper, an even group with some interesting uh, tussles.
0: Indeed. Why don't I start with the favourites from the group? The Italians. The Italians who are... Well, let's put it this way. You and I, uh, during the World Cup... In 2018, became obsessed with this new fad of squad announcements.
1: Oh, they're the best. They're so good. They're almost better than the tournament.
0: Well, I'll be honest with you, I could have talked about Italy's failure to qualify for that World Cup or many other things in my Euro don't say section, but instead, I'm just going to outwardly really describe for you their squad announcements. Please do. <laughs> so, uh, basically, Rai, the Italian uh, channel, R-A-I. Rai? Rai? Mm-hmm. Rai? Rai? Rai. Rai. Oh we started as we mean to go Start on. We've, we all, go we've on. got
1: one out of 24 nations. We've already done an accent.
0: Yep, that's good. Good. Anyway, so they will be screening some games in Italy. And so they decided uh, in in order to like get some more eyes on the prize. Uh, rise on the prize? Sure. Uh, they decided to uh, do a three hour, Kyle, behemoth of an entire show devoted just to telling the Italian public who was in the squad. It is there are highlights of it all over YouTube and all over Twitter. I suggest you go watch them. Uh, but for for some taste, uh, a squad were kitted out in these sort of black shoes, black trousers, black t-shirts with a green... Oh, hang on. The squad were there. Oh. Oh, the squad were there.
1: Oh, wait. So the part of the deal is, oh, the squad had to be live on TV. All 26 of them. Oh, footballers so... are not good on live TV. No. So there's a presenter... Apart from playing football. There's
0: a presenter who I looked up his name. His name's Amadeus. Let's not worry. Uh, so literally... Uh, this was the full... This was not even the the shortened squad. This was the preliminary squad. So there were players to be cut from this.
1: Have uh, they done the cuttings live?
0: Uh, they did not do the cuttings live, but those players who were announced on that thing which is then obviously not be taken. Imagine
1: to... if they did like judges' houses. We've all gone to Mancini, <laughs> the manager's house. And you six, I'm sorry, you're going to sit in the garden. You're not coming.
0: No, there were 20, 30 uh, something chairs lined up on side of the stage and the presenter went, first up, it's... Gianluigi luigi donnarumma and then music played and everyone clapped but obviously it's a covid secure set so there's not much of an audience
1: oh my god
0: uh so then they walk across <laughs> the stage one by one it is painfully awkward so they're wearing these black shoes black trousers black t-shirts with this gray jacket over the top that has like this enormous button combo and, uh, and the italian national badge on it, it, they, it they look so uncomfortable um, and then um, the, the, the Italian musical artists Colapesce and Di Martino came on and they did uh, Musico Legarissima live with the players all on the stage! <laughs> Horrendous. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> so they all then the, they were singing and doing some rapping and they got the players to join in and they look terrified. It's just such a wasted
1: opportunity. they just won Eurovision. Just get the rock and roll band on I and agree. just make, let the Italy players
0: sit on the floor. Manoskin, get them on. Get them on. Um, so uh, it, it, then it just sort of became unbelievably humiliating. they got got um, the, the, the manager, as you say, Roberto Mancini, uh, used to manage uh, in, in this country, used to manage Man City at one point in time. Uh, they got him and his assistant, Daniello De Rossi, to play paddle ball with frying pans... And a tennis ball.
1: I thought Italy was the land of sort of <laughs> high culture and sartorial elegance.
0: Listen, you know, it, 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 the, what's amazing is it, it just got weirder. So then they got um, Gianluigi Donnarumma, who is six foot five, the goalkeeper, Ciro Immobile, who's six foot one, and Lorenzo Insigne, who's five foot eight, to stand in height order whilst they did the backing vocals for some rapping. Cool. Yep, it looked. Hilarious. It looked like that, that old sketch with John Cleese and the two Ronnies. I looked down on him.
1: And <laughs> you won't get this analysis in any other podcast.
0: No, nowhere else. Nowhere else. Um, then it got weirder. Stefano Sensi, who has like had an amazing season this season uh, and has made his way into the team, uh, had to dance in front of his manager. And the nation. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, at the end... Empty studio, pretty much. All of them had to sing the national anthem, oh. out of tune and uh, bellowed. Basically, it was like a sort of weird fever dream. Uh, that eventually, when you forget, when you think about it, some a few of them will have done the show and then found out in a couple of days later that they were cut and weren't making the squad. It's sort of like a, a Fellini
1: surrealist movie.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And uh, I mean, and how fitting. Am I half-fitting for our first Euro-don't-say to have a a fully surrealist quality? So,
1: listener, you're in the pub, you're watching Italy, the opening game, Italy versus Turkey, and someone says, I don't know much about this Italian team, and you say, you didn't see the announcement video, and then you're off.
0: You didn't see the 270-minute announcement video featuring the manager and the assistant manager playing... Tennis with frying pans? What are you thinking? That is our first category. We've done it, Kyle. It's happening. First thing done. You don't say. Who is going to have a Barnier Stormer? I think, Kyle, it's going to be Gigi Donnarumma. He is the 22-year-old goalkeeper. He is only 22, but he has somehow already made 215 club appearances for his club side Milan and 25 for Italy at the age of 22. I think he is probably the most exciting young goalkeeper in Europe and most importantly he's leaving Milan this summer on a free transfer and he could go anywhere. What is Italian
1: for shop window?
0: I don't know. Benevento? No. Anyway, uh so um um he he um so he's putting himself in the shop window but more importantly he literally has his pick of clubs. He could go anywhere that he wanted and he will put on a show. He's he's been hotly tipped for a very long time. At the age of 16 years and 242 days, he was the second youngest goalkeeper ever to start a match in Italian football. And since he was 16, he has been the starting goalkeeper for Milan. So he is my hot Barnier Stormer tip to be keeping Italy in games uh, right at the death. I can see him saving penalties. He's Tall. He's athletic. He's a quality keeper, and you know I like a quality keeper, car. That name again? That name again? Gigi Donnarumma or Gianluigi Donnarumma, depending on how informal you're being. So the fact that
1: he has already out of contract doesn't mean he do- He's not going to have to do a runner. Donnarumma no, doesn't work. Donnarumma.
0: <laughs> Let's yes. Move on. Continental. <laughs> Who's going to ruin things for the Italians? I'm sorry to say. So I did mention they sh- they failed to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. Uh, And when they failed to qualify for the 2018 World Cup, a then sprightly 34-year-old centre-back said, I'm retiring from international football. I'm done. This is too embarrassing. I can't cope. Mancini came in to be the manager and he sat this guy down and he said, Don't retire. I'm making you the captain. You're the captain. You're going to lead us to European Championship glory in 2020. So he's now 36.
1: The thing is, I already can name you three Italian defenders who are that age and of this, so that's a bad sign. Well, let's guess.
0: He's 36. His club side Juventus have had their worst season in a decade. He is the Italian captain. I've narrowed it down to two. He's got a very bad temper and might well get himself sent off at a really important moment. Chiellini. It is Giorgio Chiellini. I really hope I'm wrong because I've got a soft spot for him. I like anyone who starts off their career as a, as a bombing left back and then becomes a hard nut centre back. I think that's a gorgeous uh, thing to happen. But yes, look for Gorg- Giorgio Chiellini to be the Continental for Italy. And finally, Kyle, let me just bring up some photos. It's time for You've Pulled. Oh, and who am I looking at? Raphael Toloi. Oh, Toloi! Want to tell, uh, want to tell the viewer what they're, what you're looking at here?
1: I'm looking at uh, ooh, a, oh, uh, a passionate, uh, stern-browed. He, I mean, he looks, he looks threatening. I'm scared.
0: Yeah, he's got. There's something. Oh, like, know, he's got. Yeah, he's not
1: unattractive.
0: He's got kind eyes for someone who's so sort of uh, uh, terrifying. He's a half Brazilian hunk. Uh, I think he's a real, ma- ma- real man. raphaele Raphael. Toloi he's, uh, he's got the sort of deep set eyes of a killer um, but uh, is that what you go for is it? Oh yeah I love the deep set eyes of a killer He probably won't play But he'll like sit on the bench and smoulder I love it uh, What a way to start That is Italy Right back with more from Group A after this Okay football is good Football is fun Football is there for everyone I can't really be bothered to
1: follow it properly But I'll tell you one thing I prefer it to broccoli
0: Dio mio, what a start Good And uh, I don't even know if that's correct Italian It means my god That's very good Well, how do you say my god in Turkish?
1: I don't speak Turkish
0: Good to know Turkey are
1: next I have to say, I'm really excited about Turkey Tell
0: me why you're excited about
1: Turkey. Because I feel like they're one of those clubs, one of those nations in the footballing sense that are on the cusp of not necessarily being considered by us Western Europeans uh, fully European, because of t- the whole thing about how Turkey is the gateway to Asia. Yeah, yeah. half of its landmass, Istanbul, for example, half and half.
0: They 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 occupy an interesting space. Turkey. Uh, they they always they always qualify. They always seem to do okay i I don't have huge hopes uh and the other thing with you know uh with Turkey, I think is uh as I get onto my uh, euro, don't say um is that they are bringing with them the kind of tarnished human rights record that uh so often feels like it's sort of um whitewashed by football uh in that the governing party in Turkey led by the the prime minister Erdogan um have used football to launder money, they've used football to to whitewash their reputation. Um, and then I'm going to talk about this sort of really quite bizarre thing that, they, that they've that they done, which is, it, it, there's been a kind of movement against it. And, and in the last four or five years, uh, there's been some victories. But they they created this thing called a Passer League, um, which was... So uh, you and I growing up, we knew about Welcome to Hell, which was oh, the, yeah. the famous sign up in the Istanbul state in a Galatasaray or Fenerbahce? Galatasaray. So when
1: English teams would play in European competition, club teams were talking, so not the internationals. If they were playing a Turkish team, it was always billed as like a, a trip to hell. The fans were baying for mm. blood. All sort of very sort of a barbaric symbolism. And a
0: Leeds fan did get stabbed. That did happen. That did happen. So basically what they did was the government led, you know, as I said, they've been using, they use football in a very interesting way. What they did was they they said because of the violence around Turkish football and because of the conflict they would introduce this e-ticketing system called a passelik. What they were saying was this is to prevent violence in the sporter in the sports arena. Uh, and when the system initially was put brought into uh, into play, only asked for an ID. Then when it was implemented, they asked every person to go who was going to go to any. First or second division match in Turkey for their occupation, their family status, their address of residence, and other personal details. What happened was a 90% drop in Turkish people going to football.
1: Are we talking national team or club teams? Just club the whole team. Okay.
0: Club team. Um, the, the truth, if you want to... well. I mean, that's the President Erdogan chatbot going off. We've never had that one before. Yeah, I know. It was quite intense, wasn't it? Basically, Pasalig is a trademark that was owned by a bank. Right. And the bank, Active Bank, has a parent organisation called Calic Holding and the president of Calic Holding, the son-in-law of the president of Turkey.
1: Okay. So... This sounds a lot like that. I know this is before our time, but we've all heard of it us sort of football hipsters looking back to the past to explain certain things about England fandom. Uh, Margaret Thatcher had an idea to give England fans a special type of passport so they could control which fans, quote-unquote, could get into the games. It's mm. similar. I, it's not, it's, it's it's not actually, a new idea. No,
0: it's not a new idea, but, it was, uh, but what it was really doing was a way of tracking their society. Uh, Turkish democracy is continually being undermined, and football is one of the th- major uh, popular pastimes in Turkey. Uh, But they want to track people, they want to know who's going where, and they want to undermine democracy as much as they can. Uh, And what I will end my Euro don't say talking about is the fan group, um, forgive my Turkish pronunciation, I believe it's Kashi, uh, who are a group of working class, social minded, anti-racist, anti-sexist, anti-fascist, pluralist and ecologist fans of Besiktas, who are the third team in uh, Istanbul. And they they won the league. Yes. And what they do is they use their stadium as a platform for solidarity, for dissent, uh, to hold up banners against Erdogan. And what he was really doing was finding a way of tracking them and giving his son-in-law money. It's pretty gross. Uh, but I,
1: I feel really terrified that we're going to get taken down. And that is a sign of why we should be scared of Erdogan. Yeah,
0: um, you know... We've uh, done...
1: we've done Which different uh, ch- uh, sort of... Ch- what do we call it? Not chatbot. Yeah, chatbot. We've had Trump. We've had Putin.
0: We had Saudi Arabia.
1: <laughs> and it's weird, it's weird that the scariest one for me was Erdogan.
0: Well, when the Kashi were protesting against the Pasolik outside the stadium, they were water-cannoned, tear-gassed, pep-sprayed. So, you know, uh, basically there's a feeling that Erdogan's taking the country down a, 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 a path away from democracy. And it's interesting because the... The Kashi have a rebellious spirit, uh, as does Besiktas. Of, of the three big teams, it's the kind of non-traditionally, you know, the rich people don't support them. Um, so uh, I'll end this Euro don't say by saying there is a, a an interesting fight going on in Turkey between the leftist anarchist fan group and the uh, incredibly authoritarian, nasty regime. And if you're going to support Turkey, maybe do it. With your fist in the air and your Kashi, uh badge on. That's my Euro don't say for Turkey. And maybe lock your front door tonight. I will be. <laughs> Barnier no. Stormer. It's Kagla Yunchu. He plays for Leicester. He does. His chisel drawline and flowing locks have been ubiquitous in two excellent seasons uh, for Leicester City as they finished fifth two seasons in a row. Quality with the ball at his feet. Strong in the air defensive linchpin in the making. He is such a good player to build the team around and he's still really young. He's only 22, But his hair is gross, Joel. Oh, I like his hair. I mean, I'm currently wearing a hairband, listener, so uh, Carl maybe is seeing my hair and seeing Cinch's hair. No, but his hair is more like if Aragorn was a footballer. (laughs) <laughs> That's very accurate. Look out for that listener. He does. He does have a sort of um, Elven or uh, Lord of the Ringsian. Well, kind of I didn't voice.
1: say. I didn't say King. Ar- I'm talking about like str- was it Strider? Strider? Like when he's all stringy and gross. Once
0: again, you only only this podcast do you come to for uh, Lord of the Rings comparisons with footballers. I think you're going to have a great tournament. And actually, I worry for Leicester because they've had such two good seasons. They've had two. Such good seasons. And I worry that if he has a very good tournament, then a very big team could come knocking. Pronounce um, the
1: surname again for our listener.
0: Soyuncu. Lovely. Uh, Continental. Who's going to have a bad tournament? I hope I'm wrong again. I, it's sort of a similar problem, actually. It, it's um, it's Burak Yilmaz, Kyle. He has scored goals this season. Goals at the Wazoo. And he's played for Lille in the French uh, Ligue 1, and Lille won the league.
1: And they beat, in the process, Mr Moneybags, PSG, Paris Saint-Germain,
0: who always win it. Yes. So, Burak Gilmaz is 35 years old. He has been around the block, he is not a young man anymore, he's played for many teams, he has scored goals this season. He was sort of not really that great in his 20s, but in his 30s, he seems to have found his scoring touch. I just worry that after such a big season, after making something of himself, after winning a a, a league that nobody thought was possible, I just worry he might be burnt out, and they are reliant on him to score those goals. I hope I'm wrong, listener. I hope that Barak Yilmaz is not our continental player for Turkey. But if I'm right, you can... Give me a pound. What's
1: Turkish for burnout, listener? Let us know.
0: Uh, yes, tweet us at Worldie Podcast. have e pulled. I am going to bring you up another photo, another series of photos here, Carl. It is Alte Bayandir. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I like him. You like him? You like the? Uh, say what you're looking at.
1: I. Do you know what I like about his um. He's got cute ears, rounded ears, like a little chipmunk. Mm. Um, lovely hair, mm. lovely smile, uh, a, 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 a smile that lifts the upper lip above the gums, but in a cute way. Um, yeah, furrowed brow, handsome. Handsome, yeah. I
0: agree. I, I, I... Good choice, Joel. Thank you. It's very unusual for you to say that any of my choices are good. That was Alte Bayandir. Unfortunately, he's only played once. He's not the number one goalie. Uh, but, you know, you might see him sitting on the bench with a goatee. Looking. Are you going
1: to keep picking subs? Why not?
0: <laughs> <laughs> i am not, I'm not given my EU uh, my uh, EU've pulled enough.
1: I guess you're not the Turkish manager. Who's to say who might play?
0: Yeah, Who's, he maybe he will start. And if he starts, listener, then you can rub your thighs like Vic Reeves in Shooting Stars at the end of the 90s. And that was Turkey! Everyone's talking about the football they want to talk. Well, after that slice of Turkish delight, there's only uh, one fun-do place to go, and that's Switzerland! It worked. Thank you. I thought so. So, Kyle, I've, uh, I've got some continuity here. I know. I know. Th- I look at your faces like, how is it possible for there to be continuity? Well, Euro don't say about Switzerland. Do you remember the controversy in the World Cup when Granite Jacker? And Jordan Shakiri, who have ethnic Albanian heritage linked to Kosovo, sparked controversy with their uh, with their, when they celebrated a goal in a win against Serbia by making the ha- hand shape of an eagle, the Albanian eagle, the Albanian eagle. Do you remember that we spoke about it twice on the? Oh, podcast I remember it because we brought up the fact that there was a lot of Kosovan heritage players in the squad, and then lo and behold. They made that gesture and they were fined for a political gesture. Yes, I remember remember it it
1: very clearly. So
0: we spoke a lot about the time and what happened afterwards is my Euro don't say. The general secretary of the Swiss FA came out and he said, do we need to have a discussion about dual nationality players? Bearing in mind that nearly half the Swiss team are either... uh, were either born outside of Switzerland or, sorry, the Swiss squad, were either born outside of Switzerland or born to refugee or immigrant parents.
1: Call me reductionist, but I thought the whole point of Switzerland was to remain politically neutral.
0: Well, that is a bit reductionist. Basically, <laughs> uh, he said, he said that incident shows there's a problem. This is a man named Alex Mischa, Miesche? Miesche. Alex Miesche. That incident shows that there's a problem. We have to ask ourselves, do we want dual nationals? That's the general secretary of the FS Is this
1: like sort of saying, does multiculturalism work?
0: Essentially, uh, because of a hand gesture celebrating a goal.
1: Listen, uh, if you want to imagine, if you didn't see that, imagine you've crossed your thumbs over and you're fanning your fingers over your heart. That's what we're talking about.
0: To make an eagle. That's pretty clear. Um, A double-headed eagle. So, he said that and then Granite Xhaka, captain, important player, came out and he said... I can see in his comments an idea that dual nationals are not prepared to do their utmost for Switzerland. This affects me and a number of other players with two nationalities directly. It sounds as if he's saying my colleagues and I didn't give everything while wearing a Swiss jersey. We're all Swiss and we give everything for the Swiss team. We all know exactly what we owe to Switzerland, what this country has done for us and our families. My roots are in Kosovo. Those of Briel and Bolo are in Cameroon. Manuela Kanji comes from Nigeria and Ricardo Rodriguez from Chile and Spain, etc, etc, etc. The point being, we're Swiss with other heritage. You cannot cancel our other heritage, but you cannot cancel our Swissness. So, Kyle, my Euro don't say is watch for this to rumble on in this tournament if something similar happens again.
1: Now, we've spoken about Granite Jacker on several episodes, not just to do with his Swissness, to do with his general sort of putting his mouth where he shouldn't. He once, as Arsenal captain, got subbed and booed by the fans for having a poor performance and shouted at them all as he left the pitch. So actually, I have to say, Granite, and I'm speaking to you here, Granite, that was really well handled. Because what you've done, though, is you've picked the team's best players, who also happen to be the ones with dual nationality, and basically said, do you want us all to not play for the team? Because we can walk away. And of course, that's not what the fans would want, I'd imagine.
0: I mean, it's hard to know. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe, I I guess if you're a racist fan, you wouldn't want them to play. I don't know. But uh, my my Euro don't say is, if a similar goal celebration happens, or uh, Shikiri still wears the flag of Kosovo sewn into his boots, Mm -hmm. as as we remember from 2018. Um, If that happens again, who knows what will happen? I can't really imagine the Swiss team without all of those players. I think there would be an uproar, but... It's possible. So that is my Euro don't say about Switzerland. Barnier Stormer. It's the same player as it was in 2018, Carl. It's Jordan Shakiri again. Uh, call him what you want. Call him Power Cube. Call him Alpine Messi. Call him Magic Dwarf. It doesn't matter what you call him. Shaq Attack. He is the number one Swiss player. He hasn't really uh, played that much. By the way, all of those nicknames are not things I've made up. I know. Okay, kick <laughs> I, I don't it. think
1: you would use the term super dwarf. Magic. Sorry, um, magic dwarf. That's
0: even worse. Uh, so he he wears the number 23 because of Michael Jordan. <laughs> that's how much he's like the superstar of this team. He's the most famous player in Switzerland. He's like, he does adverts for like Volkswagen and Coca-Cola and the supermarket chain, the co-op. Uh, it, he had a hair transplant last summer in time for this tournament. He is going to shine. He Imagine
1: it. him. So he got that transpo- that transplant thinking... Oh, I hope it grows in in time for 2020.
0: Result a whole extra year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one's going to even notice. Perfect. Uh, so he's, you know, he, he is, uh, all, all of that joking aside, he is an amazing footballer. He's technical, he's gifted. He hasn't played very much for Liverpool this season. He's sort of been on the fringes. When he plays well, he is one of the most beautiful players to watch play in the world. I love that kind of stocky, skillful player. Like, he's got a low centre of gravity. When he's got the ball at his feet, he's got a wizard of a left foot. Like, I just think, honestly, if he plays well, Switzerland will play well. So he's my Barnier Stormer.
1: Listener, players that look like Aragorn, Magic Dwarves, you thought we were listening to a different podcast. <laughs> Stick with us.
0: Unfortunately, Continental, the strikers. So, Jardin Shakiri is the attacking midfielder. He plays behind, normally, two strikers in a sort of 3-5-2 formation. Uh... Likely to be Harris Sferovic and Briolambolo, and goals are a problem, Kyle. They do not score enough goals. They rely on that midfield, they rely on Shakiri. But if Shakiri's playing brilliantly, pulling the strings in midfield and setting up on a plate, and Harris Sferovic and Briolambolo aren't scoring, well, you can't win a football match without scoring goals, girl. That is one of the rules of football. That is one of the fundamental things that most people know about football. Kick ball with foot football, yeah. Score a goal. That's the fundamentals. Uh, so if Sferovic and Mbolo don't play, one or the two of them don't play well, they're going to be the continental for Switzerland. Unfortunately. What about our EU pool? EU pool, Swiss style. I'm going to show you some photos. Here they are. It is that very same Briel and Bolo. Look at that cheeky grin, Carl. Come on. Uh,
1: I, I like Briel and Bolo. I feel like he's got a lovely gap
0: in his teeth. Yeah, he's got that like, very cute little gap. gap yeah, front. he's got,
1: he's lovely. He's lovely. S- um,
0: strong looking lad as well. It's a
1: shame that you also picked him as a potential continental. It's hard for me to get that context out of my head, but I'm hoping for a smiling Briel.
0: Yeah, so if they do score, it'll be him to do it. Perfect. And he will play, there you go, first teamer, he'll start. So uh, look at the smile, he's a lovely looking lad. Uh, And and the thing is, he can be a bit of a bad boy as well. He gets into trouble. He went to a lockdown breaching party. Brio. Brio. But, having said that, lovely looking lad, cheeky smile, bad boy, he also set up his own foundation when he was only 18 years old. And the goal of the Mbolo Foundation is to support refugee children in Switzerland to help disadvantaged children in Cameroon and Peru. So, he's a twinkly eyed... Bad boy, philanthropic dreamboat, and that's Switzerland. Yum. Okay, let's right. Turn the headphones up. Okay, let's do this. Here we go. Kickball with football,
1: yeah.
0: Bread of heavens. No, that's not right. It's not heavens. Oh crap.
1: That was a Welsh song there for you, listener. Oh God. It's Wales. We have Wales now. To finish off, Group A, it's the Welsh. I feel
0: like that's the kind of moment that you go, can we edit that out? And I say no, so I'm going to leave it in. (laughs) Yep, that's why I carried on. Wales. Can I guess what you're going to say? Euro don't say.
1: I just think generally it's going to be Gareth Bale and that's it.
0: Yep, pretty much. Uh, So, uh, Wales. The final team in this group. I love Wales. Um, If anyone were to win it, uh, that would make me happy. It'd be Wales. I mean, it's almost impossible, but I it would just make me so happy. Have... You say that, Joel, but we were saying the same thing five years ago. So, Wales qualified. That is what I was about to say. So Euro, don't say. This is their second ever major tournament. Five years ago, in twenty sixteen, I oh, just love this. They they got to the semi final before they were beaten by blooming Portugal. They were ah, oh, I was just. An extraordinary thing just to see this team made up of, admittedly, at that time, two or three world-class players, but the rest of them were just playing out of their skins. They really care about playing for their national team. And I, as I've said on this podcast plenty of times, listener, I'm far from a nationalist, but my God, it does, your does bring a tear to your eye for the 1.5 million Welsh people living back in Wales when those boys pluck up their courage to get to the semi-final and maybe they'll go one step this, further this time, Carl, and they'll win the whole damn thing. I would put money on that not happening. Fair enough. Euro don't say. Wales hold a... Clearly, it's been... It's pretty clear they hold a a, a, a nice place in my heart. Uh, they've graced the Premier League with some fabulous footballers over the years. Would you agree?
1: Oh, sh- Ryan Giggs, Mark Hughes, Ian Rush. Um, I was going to say Bruce Grobelar, but I mean... So, who's the
0: goalkeeper... So, before you just say more names, you're ruining my game. My euro don't say is. You asked me. (laughs) Actually, you didn't. Can you name the top five Premier League appearance holders who are Welsh?
1: I'll do it quick. Gary Speed, Ryan Giggs, um, Simon Davies. Yes. um, Two more. Chris Coleman. Nope. Ashley Williams. Nope. Chris Gunter.
0: Nope. Wayne long, Hennessy No Long flowing blonde locks Robbie Savage Correct And the final one Golf club
1: Gareth Bale No Craig Bellamy Rain. That was quick for you Isn't it
0: Fifth place I mean our listeners Didn't really get much chance To play along there Fifth place Bellamy 294 appearances Fourth place Simon Davies 301 Robbie Savage 346 Gary Speed The sadly missed Gary Speed 534 And Ryan Giggs 632 Premier League appearances The Welsh Wing Wizard Why are you focusing on Ryan Giggs I, yeah, I shouldn't be really right now, should I? Oh, I thought you were going to tell me. No, I was going to completely... <laughs> well, let's do it, shall we? Yeah. Go on then, Carl. Let's talk about it. So, Ryan Giggs, the manager of Wales. Is he? Not anymore. Why? Because he was arrested. <laughs> now,
1: listener, you might know Ryan Giggs. Um, personally or you might not know. you probably don't know him personally but you probably heard of him he's a, a stalwart Premier League player as we said 600 plus appearances that's, that's
0: my bro that's my bro that's my bro that's my bro that's the Ryan Giggs uh, um, chatbot
1: apparently and this is alleged
0: <laughs> that's my bro that's my bro he
1: slept with his brother's wife
0: <laughs> and that was just this, that was just the first incident what happened recently Joel he was arrested uh, for alleged assault last year and he is appearing in court, and so therefore will not be the managing Wales. They haven't fired him. Oh. He won't be managing them in the tournament. That'll be assistant manager Robert Page. Uh, but I, I, I guess they can't fire him depending on the outcome of the case. What do you
1: call gardening leave if you're in prison?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I sort of feel if someone's been accused of violence, isolation, belittling, humiliation, harassment, degradation, and abuse...
1: Problem. Well, we'll wait for the outcome of the trial, but in the meantime... Yeah, let's not get
0: ourselves in trouble.
1: In the, We've already done the Erdogan.
0: Yeah. In the meantime, Wales are going into their second ever major tournament without their manager. And thank you, Carl, for making me bring that up. <gasps> Barnier Stormer is... Gareth Bale! Correct! What will he do after the tournament? Will he retire? Will he move to China? Will he become a professional golfer? Gareth Bale is the star man. He's the best player. He's Wales' all-time top goalscorer and he loves playing for Wales. I think he'll have a storming tournament, score some goals, get Wales to maybe the quarters, possibly the semis again, and then he will retire after the last game. That's my prediction. Barnier Stormer.
1: There you go, listener. Gareth Bale. Oh, I think he's going to retire of this tournament. You don't know what you're talking about. Well... Well, he actually did say, I've got some uh, news that I'm going to save. And, and he said, quote, unquote, but it will start a riot. Yep. No, that wasn't the quote. That, that was a paraphrase. He, I
0: think you paraphrased him then. I don't think he's going to start a riot. And finally, not, not quite finally, almost finally in Group A, second last fact in Group A, Continental will be, for Wales, whoever plays in goal. Uh, so the three keepers that Wales have taken to this tournament do not exactly fill me with confidence, Kyle. So that could be Danny Ward who's a young goalie, plays for Leicester City. He has played five times this season.
1: But he was Wales's hero in the last tournament, right? He was their goalkeeper
0: then? No, that was Wayne Hennessy. Are you sure? Yes. Oh. Yep. Wayne Hennessy has gone. He's 34 now, but he's gone to the tournament. He's only played once this season uh, for Crystal Palace. So, yeah, Danny Ward's played five times all in the cup for Leicester Wayne Hennessy played once in the League Cup for Palace. And then finally, there is Adam Davies, who played 20-odd games for a Stoke City side that finished 16th in the Championship. So...
1: So, listener, a normal season is about 50 games long. These players between them have played 30 times. Less. Yeah,
0: I don't... It doesn't fill me with a huge amount of confidence. Basically, I I hope I'm wrong, and maybe, you know, it doesn't matter if you've not played as a goalie. Uh, But I really... uh, Wales are going to need some luck, and... Uh, if the keeper is has a bad time, then it will be the keeper who's the Continental. So, you've pulled. Final category in this group is Aaron Ramsay! Aaron Ramsay, the housewife's favourite. I mean, isn't he? Look at him. He's
1: he- like a matinee idol. He could play, he, he's like a, it could be Errol Flynn.
0: Yeah! He definitely looks like a film star I mean, I, listen, he's got rugged look, good looks He spent the last two seasons living and playing in Italy So now, listener, he's got the cultured vibe to match I would say he's not my type Sure, but he'll take you to one of the new art galleries that he's been to in Turin And that was Wales! And the end of Group A The referee, he is mad at me So he's holding up a piece of card Oh that I've made a mistake Why are the rules so
1: hard? Joel, firstly, may I say thank you for Group A? You're, you're
0: uh, very welcome.
1: I found it entertaining and enjoyable and educational.
0: <clears throat> the three E's.
1: Now, i also like to say, secondly, disclaimer, listener, I just had a moment listening to Joel where I was well aware that he kept calling these players between the ages of 32 and 35... Old. Um, We are now at the stage ourselves in our mid-30s, let's face it. I'm turning 35 during this tournament. Like some of these old players. Yeah. We are now effectively retired footballers in our brains. Uh, We've gone beyond. We've gone to the other side. We are now too old to play professional football. Yeah. Yeah. Or this is our, or another way. This is our last tournament.
0: Oh God! Let's think about that, Joel. Oh, uh, if only I the
1: manager, know. like 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 Roberto Mancini, saying, Joel, come back in from the cold. One more tournament.
0: I, One more. I don't think. Uh, well, I mean, listen. If it's, if 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 the, the next the next tournament's in Qatar. So I think if we retire now, it's probably for the best. Of course,
1: <laughs> it's only in eighteen months.
0: Uh, I, we will have to have a discussion about human rights before we do this podcast for that. Carl, tell me about Group B. Group B:
1: Belgium, Denmark, Finland, and Russia.
0: Ooh. Ooh, there's a lovely little Scandy Derby there. Let's, it does feel like a sort
1: of central northern theme for this group. Yeah. Let's crack on. We we'll start with Belgium,
0: the number one ranked team in the whole of the world.
1: That was my Euro. Don't say Joel <laughs> is doing mine for me. Okay, it was part of mine. Euro. Don't say. Would you just would you consider Brussels in terms of like European significance? Right. It's the capital of Europe. That's what I wanted to say. Well, guess what, Joel? There are no games in brussels in this european tournament and now it's time to reveal the thing i've been holding on for this whole pod. this is the first time in the history of the european championships where it's not being hosted by one country joel what does that mean
0: it, uh, hosted by lots of countries lots
1: of cities it's ah. a city-based tournament and they decided this way before covid and it's somehow weirdly terrifyingly it's become a suitable thing to do.
0: It's completely mad that they're doing it. They
1: th- they, it they've they increased the numbers. So it's a bigger tournament, more games. And they thought a nice way to counter that to make sure as many fans as possible could see those games was to host it all over the continent. And, you know, in this era, they thought back in 2016, wherever this is proposed, you know, cheap flights, people can get from here to there very easily. They thought this is a great idea. And then COVID happened and suddenly cheap flights went through the bottom.
0: Yep. It's a it's a it's a bad idea during the time of covid to be flying people all over the, all over Europe for games that, where, where where are some of these games taking place? I'll, I'll tell you there were 12
1: Brussels. host cities Joel. I'll tell you the cities and you tell me the countries. Amsterdam, Holland. Baku, Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan Bucharest, uh, Romania. Budapest, Hungary. Copenhagen, Denmark. Glasgow, Scotland. London,
0: London, where we are right now. England. England, sorry. Munich, <laughs> Germany. Rome, Italy
1: St. Petersburg Russia Seville Spain and Dublin Ireland Scratch Dublin I will not Scratch Dublin Dublin have decided it isn't either economically or morally sound to host games in their city so
0: they have called it off The Irish as ever ahead of the curve saying the right things
1: Well those games have gone to Rome and to St. Petersburg
0: So Baku in Azerbaijan is very very far away
1: And also Azerbaijan did not qualify for this tournament
0: why is a game there? It seems pretty bizarre.
1: Baku is, uh, first of all, the land of fire. And I think that's a trademark. And um, also, Baku is a UEFA, the European governing body favourite. There's always a f- there's often f- European finals in Baku.
0: Maybe someone in UEFA's got a... <laughs> that's the UEFA chatbot. Got a, a secret in Baku that they, they, they need to keep... See.
1: I for one would love to go to Baku. I've heard it's a great place.
0: I've, I've, it's just very,
1: very far away. The jewel of the Black Sea.
0: Okay, you know a lot about Baku.
1: Um, so those are the cities. No Brussels. The capital of Europe. So Belgium, who are, as you said, the highest ranked team in this tournament and in the world, nay the world, will not be playing any games in their backyard. Now I would say that's a handicap. Oh, uh, yes. Here's another handicap for the Continental. We just broached it. Old in brackets, past it. I inverted commas. Past it, players. Tommy Vermeulen, thirty-five years old, plays in Japan for Vissel Kobe. Is going to be starting by all likelihood for Belgium, and that, he is my continental.
0: That's that's sad. I don't. I don't I mean, We've sort of made a thing here where it's sort of players coming to the end of their careers, and rather than going out on a high, they're going to go out on. The, well, no, I had Gareth Bale going out on a high. You did. Yeah. Uh, well, that yeah, playing in Japan, the standard of football is not going to be as high as it is in this tournament, so... He's also not really played football at the highest level for a long time. He, play- he moved from Arsenal
1: to Barcelona in a big move, uh, and didn't play that often for them, and that was five years ago. Wow. And he's still making the squad.
0: Well, hopefully you're wrong, and he will be
1: a defensive linchpin. Here's my barnier stormer. It's Kevin De Bruyne. Now, Kevin De Bruyne is one of the best players in the world, wouldn't you say?
0: Uh, He's he's my favourite player in the Premier League, certainly.
1: He's a creative midfielder. He can play anywhere from central midfield to attacking midfield to behind the strikers to a false nine. He's an eight or a nine or a ten, maybe even a seven or an eleven. He can play pretty much anywhere. His range of passing is exquisite. His vision is unparalleled. But it's funny I should say about his vision, Joel, because he's just had his eye socket uh, dislocated. No, what would you call it? Fractured. Fractured. you a don't, fractured I don't eye socket dislocate an eye socket. Dislocate an eye. <laughs> yep, sure. <laughs> he was in the Champions League final for Man City against Chelsea. He got unceremoniously shouldered in the face, um, and he has got a a fractured eye socket. Orbital bone. And something and a broken mm. nose?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: So he's in big trouble. Is he gonna be?
0: is he gonna make it
1: to be their Barnier Stormer? Well, they've said he's not gonna play in the friendlies coming up this week, as we record, hoping he'll be ready for at least a second group game.
0: Right, okay.
1: Now, they, as we said, they're the most rated, the highest rated, highest ranked team in the world. They should
0: be able to cope without him, Joel. But will they? But will they? You've pulled? I'd love to. Who am I pulling? Axel Witzel. Let me see some Axel Witzel. Curtains. Not only is
1: that a great name, but yeah. he is a great guy and he is... Well, I'll let you be the judge.
0: Oh, Axel Vitzel! Look at the eyes. Piercing blue eyes. Very full afro. Earrings. I mean, what, what do you want? He's... He looks like, a,
1: like a, a fashion model, doesn't he? Yeah. He's got like an alien look. The sort of uh, beauty that is unique. Yes. And really. I, you know, in my in my, in my my choice of beautiful men, I learned to be alien. Okay. Um, and his afro is almost conical around the back. It's a very, he's just got a very unique look.
0: And uh, continuing with with you accusing me of uh, only choosing reserves, I take it he's a guaranteed starter. Oh, Axel Witzel will be on that pitch or thereabouts. So, so when people are watching the pitch. They can see some Witzel, and it'll be Gritzel.
1: <laughs> yes. And that was Belgium. I
0: only watch football so I can hang with my friends. It's nice to be sometimes.
1: Kickball with f- football, yeah. It's dramatic.
0: It's delightful. It's Denmark. Yep, that works. Which commentator was that? I don't know. Oh maybe John Watson. It was John Watson. Yeah. It was
1: 1992. I was six. So was I. I don't remember it, do you? Yes. Denmark won the European Championships in 1992. What was so special about that, Joel? Tell me, they didn't qualify.
0: What!
1: Yugoslavia were disqualified as a result of the breakup of the country. And the ensuing warfare there, they were essentially, well, suspended, eliminated, expelled. And they needed to put someone in. This was back in the day where the tournament only had eight teams. They went straight from two groups into a semi-final. Denmark were the next closest qualifier in the group that Yugoslavia came from. And they were invited to go. Their manager gathered them uh, on, uh, and told them, that they were uh that they were gonna they were gonna go and he, they were was, I think uh, the way I saw this in this amazing documentary that I watched I think it was an old BBC one they were on the ferry because the the tournament was in Sweden their closest rivals and they were on the ferry or like they had a week's notice after they were invited the manager said yes the players were like oh we have just broken up for the season I was going on holiday they're on the ferry he gathers them in a circle he says boys we're not going to go to Sweden just to make up the numbers we're going to win this tournament and apparently so as their star player Brian Laudrup said in the interview. They all just laughed because they were like, well, we're not going to win. We're not prepared. We don't want to be here. They all burst out laughing on this ferry. They won the tournament, Joel. That's
0: great. I love that. Laughing their way to victory.
1: Have you heard of Peter Schmeichel?
0: Uh, Have I? Yes.
1: He was the hero in that tournament. he just signed for Man United the year before, so he's already becoming a household name in England, but he really set the continent alight. He saved a penalty in the semis, and he made some crucial saves in the final against Germany. And they won... The European Championships the first and only time.
0: That it's uh it's a funny thing, this tournament. It sometimes throws up those unexpected wins. It's why if you in your uh in your office sweep sweepstake. sweepstake, if you're in your office steep stake and you've got a low-ranking team, don't worry too much. It's not like the World Cup. Let's put it this way: in the last 30 years, Denmark and Greece have both won this tournament.
1: Yes, and also I'm trying to think of like a, a, a this tournament equivalent of that happening. It would be like Northern Ireland, who didn't qualify, replacing the team that beat them, Slovakia, and winning. Yeah, huge. Huge. That would be great, but it's not going to happen. Euro,
0: Um, don't say.
1: Also, there's a team we'll come on to in another episode, North Macedonia, who are literally like the absolute minnows of this tournament. If they won it, I would change my nationality. To North Macedonian? Just any other. Okay. I'd, I'd ask them in a poll. They could choose. Yeah. Um, my Barnier-Stormer, Schmeichel.
0: What? But Peter Schmeichel played in 1992.
1: Yeah, but his son, Casper Schmeichel, is Denmark's number one now.
0: Amazing.
1: And they've always had like, this adorable relationship, which is sort of like, it's going to make a great documentary drama one day, but like, it's like everyone knows that Peter Schmeichel is proud of his son, but also like, don't you go silly in my crown boy. Yeah, right. I'm Denmark's legendary goalkeeper. And yeah, you're good, you're fine, but... There's only one Peter Schmeichel. Well, guess what? Five years ago, Kasper Schmeichel won the Premier League for Leicester City and it was an absolute fairy tale. I'd say beating the fairy tale of Denmark winning the Euros. Oh, Discuss. This not. year, not. It's a different podcast. This year, FA Cup final, Schmeichel makes two world-class saves and with Leicester win the FA Cup for the first time in their history, he's done it twice for Leicester. He's an absolute legend of Leicester.
0: And he's going to be a legend of Denmark after this tournament, is what you're saying.
1: I'm asking, is this going to be where he where he takes his father's crown? If he's crown? the Barnier Stormer, then yes. And also, it's Denmark. Crowns, Denmark, Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> there you are, in the pub. Ooh, Kasper Michael's playing well. busy is he the heir to the throne of Denmark? Or, if they're not playing well and they're losing, oops, so he's brought in the state of Denmark. <laughs> Just me. Continental, Joel! Continental. Uh, I've gone for Martin Braithwaite.
0: Ah, yes. Martin Braithwaite.
1: Doesn't sound very Danish.
0: It it doesn't really, does it?
1: It's because he has a Guyanese father.
0: Ah. right. Uh,
1: And he is a striker, a much maligned striker in reputation who plays for Barcelona. You're thinking, plays for Barcelona? Must be one of the best strikers in the world. That's
0: exactly what I was thinking.
1: He's not. They signed him uh, due to a sort of loophole in Spanish football law. Bear with me. Um, Where if a club tries to make an emergency signing from your club you have to basically let them do it if they meet the transfer clause right so Barcelona pinched him because they had an injury or they they didn't have enough cover he was never supposed to play he ended up playing a lot this season and scoring a couple of goals but everyone knows he's not good enough for Barcelona he's not really good enough for continental football on a national or a club level does
0: he start for Denmark
1: I think he might start
0: oh good God but also he's
1: in the sort of he's in a good part of his career he's 29 he's way younger than us this should be his prime
0: So but you think You think the He's an absolute scapegoat When they don't When they don't
1: score a goal It'll be Oh well they've got Martin Braithwaite up Yeah
0: Martin Braithwaite Who's not good enough For Barcelona But plays for Barcelona But he's not good enough For Denmark I feel like all of our Continentals All 24 of them We should like You know Big them up
1: We can do Yeah campaign To support Campaign to
0: support Those 24 players And also change the name Of the pun E, you've pulled. Oh yeah, have I? It's Thomas Delaney. Thomas Delaney, what a namey! He sounds like someone that might steal your pencil case in primary school. Oh, I don't know. I was thinking more like an actor. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, have you seen that amazing film that's just come out starring Thomas Delaney?
1: I was thinking more like, mum. Oh wow! Yeah, we, we. What's wrong, son? Oh, I got pushed over in the mud today at school. Who was it? Thomas Delaney. Oh, not again, Harold. Well, this Thomas Delaney looks like this.
0: Oh yeah, love it. A little bit of scruff on the beard, sort of short, curly brown hair locks, sort of bags under the eyes. I quite like that though. There's like he's got. He looks like he's seen some some things, and that he, you know, he's a caring chap despite it all.
1: Oh, I think he looks like he'd mess around with your head. Well, yeah, that's he'd what neg I... you. Okay. Do you know what I mean? He'd be like, oh. Yeah, oh, you're funny. And you'd be like,
0: oh, does he mean I'm funny? A, or, or attractive is he... but negative is what you're saying. Yeah, att- a heartbreaker. Att- 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 attractive.
1: So also, Thomas Delaney, not very much of a Danish name. No. Um, Where's that come from? His great-grandfather emigrated to America from Ireland. And oh. then and then his son, so his grandfather, emigrated from America to Denmark.
0: There you go, Thomas Delaney. But he was born and raised Danish.
1: Oh, he's Danish as they yeah. come. As Danish is uh, the bridge across Denmark to Sweden, which is half Danish. So he's actually more Danish in that bridge. (laughs) And that's Denmark. (laughs) Next one, Suomi. Who? Finland.
0: Oh, is that how you say Finland in
1: Finnish? No, they they call... Their name for their country is Suomi in their own language. Finland is a, a sort of... A, a, a fostered name I guess given to them from other people oh wow other languages well
0: I know that Finnish is a very obscure language
1: I'm glad you said that Joel because I loved looking into the Finnish language but I felt it wasn't really as interesting as some of my other euro don't say so I cut it but basically since you said it it's a Uralic language which comes from the sort of Ural mountains of Russia but the people apparently the actual sort of uh, indigenous people of Finland they're actually from Turkey
0: yeah. Uh, um, uh, being um, quite a lot Hungarian myself, uh, Hungarians and Finnish people have a weird duality where all of their ancestors came through Turkey from sort of the Urals and from Mongolia. Uh, and Hungarian and Finnish owe more to each other than they do to any of the other languages in Europe. Fact.
1: Well, let's not do that for Hungary though. No. <laughs> Staying on Finnish language... Uh... Finnish language teachers find that most people studying the their language are doing so because of their interest in what job? Ooh. Heavy metal.
0: Ah yeah, they love a bit of heavy metal out there, don't they? The
1: uh, the the biggest two languages for heavy metal music as a genre are Finnish and then English. Wow. Something else that's interesting for Finland, another Euro don't say. You don't Euro don't say. Euro
0: don't say.
1: Finnish has no gender pronouns. Like us. No, we have he and she. And they. And they don't have he or she. They have Han, which is for both.
0: Oh, great. Yeah. That's a that's a future we can all embrace.
1: Also, the nickname is the Eagle Owls. <laughs> which, they're quite scary.
0: Yeah, Eagle Owls. They're huge. It's great. I like that as a nickname for a football team.
1: I think they're going to need some of that violent, sort of superior energy to, to go anywhere in this tournament. Because this is their first ever international tournament their first ever major tournament as a nation
0: go on Finland finish them off
1: I'm gonna start with finish a... Han well done
0: <laughs> thank you I was really pleased with that
1: I'm gonna go with our Barnier Stormer next it can only be one person it's hard to look past him it's Tiemu Pukki
0: you bloomin' love Pukki I would say that Pukki is a, a, an obscure footballer-ish that you have spoken about more on this podcast than anyone would have expected.
1: Listener, if you remember nothing else apart from eagle owls about Finland, it's Tiemu Puki. Just remember Puki, 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 Puki party. They're having a Puki party. He's leading the party. He's scored 66 league goals in three seasons for Norwich.
0: And Norwich have just got promoted to the Premier League, so he is—he's uh, hes a talismanic figure.
1: He also scored 10 goals in qualifying for Finland, and there's only 10 games in qualifying.
0: I mean, listen, you've convinced me. I mean, it's hard to look past him as someone who's going to have a great tournament. If Finland are going to do anything, they need him to play well.
1: He's also won 30 goals for his nation. Their best ever player, Jari Lippmannen from the 90s, is on 32. Now, this is another sort of Denmark mirror here. Can King Pookie take the crown and become the top goalscorer for his nation of all time?
0: I mean, King Pookie has more of a ring to it than King Lippmannen.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, pookie party is also an actual thing. What? 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 So, so, having a pookie, throwing a pookie party. When they qualified for their first own tournaments, and about six months ago, maybe a bit longer, all over the country, people in Finland were having what they call pookie parties. That's
0: great. Love it. We'll we'll have a pookie party live on air.
1: You have a pookie party at home, listener. Yeah. Uh, Continental. Yes. Uh, there's some great names in this team. And I could have gone for them just on the basis of their names. There's Lassi Lapalainen. Great name. There's Joel Polenparlo.
0: I will be changing my name to that presently. presently.
1: <laughs> wow, you're on one. Yeah. And, but I'm not going to go for those exotic, beautiful Finnish names. I'm going to go for another oddly English name for a Scandinavian man, Robert Taylor.
0: Oh, I've never heard of Robert Taylor. That's the first footballer you've, you've named in this group that I've never, ever heard of. Robert Taylor's dad is English. Well, why is he not playing for England? <laughs>
1: well, that's what I thought might happen. Q in the pub when he has an absolute stinker. Fans saying, oh, should be in the England squad. Oh, you can see he's English. Oh, uh, and also he's a right back. And, you know, if we're going to find anything on this podcast later on in a different uh, episode, there's a lot of right backs in England.
0: That's a fact. It's a right back fact.
1: EU've pulled.
0: Let me see their face. Now,
1: I let my wife choose this one, Joel. Okay. Um, Because... Uh I was sort of doing my research in bed and I was like, this'll be a treat. I'll look at some hunky Finnish men. Let her. Let her. I'll ask her to look
0: at some fucking let her. hunky Finnish let her. men. That's uh if, if my crap Welsh singing's staying in, then let her stay in. I don't think they're equivalent gaffs
1: <laughs> I'll ask her to in uh savour some potentially hunky fins. Yep. Here's who she chose. Okay. What do you think?
0: I like the sleeve tattoos. Number four. I don't think I recognise him. Who is he? Yuna Tuivio. Tuivio. Nice. Good name. Uh, Let's have a look again. Um, so listener, we're looking at... uh, I like the sort of brown hair going high, he's got the shave coming down into the full beard. I think he looks
1: a bit like that uh, European actor Matthias Schonertz.
0: I don't know who that is, but, uh, sure. I tell you what he doesn't look like Who he really really doesn't look like is you
1: Well that you know If you're going to pick someone to be the hottest footballer You don't pick someone who looks like your husband
0: I agree I mean if you're going to let your wife pick a footballer who's hot Then you really hope that they pick someone who looks like you though Fine (laughs) Um, He's hot hot stuff She's right Bang on Perfect I'm not going to Listen I don't uh, want to badmouth anyone for their looks It's a bit standard Not my choice there you go. Was that, fi- are you finished?
1: I am finned. Okay, that's way. Right. Turn the headphones up. Okay, let's do this. Here we go. Kick ball with football, yeah. We've had
0: Belgium, we've had Finland, we've had Denmark, but now it's time for Russia. Don't be rushing this, because you know what happens when you rush Russia. Our old friend. Hello? Yes, we, we, we're delighted that you want to come on the podcast. We have to actually come to Moscow. The KGB will be waiting for us. Okay, goodbye.
1: We had to redact everything he said. Euro don't say. This is an amazing... So I, I tried to find one COVID fact in each of my groups. This is my COVID fact. Euro don't say. The uh, vaccination programme in Russia... For COVID, is called Sputnik. Yep, knew that. It's did, good. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh. It's actually called Sputnik 5. Now, I like to think that they called it Sputnik 5 because they've got a series of programmes called Sputnik. Obviously, the first one famously was the first ever uh, sort of uh, mission to have something orbiting the planet. It was called Sputnik. That's why we all know it in this country because of the Cold War, etc., cetera, et cetera, But what was Sputnik 2, 3, and 4?
0: Well, it could be anything knowing Russia.
1: I just love that. They're... And also, another thing about why their vaccination programme... It's so funny that it was called Sputnik 5, is it because it was the first one to get internationally uh, sort of cleared? They were like, we must get ours out
0: first. Sputnik all the way. It's a new version of the Cold War. But we'll get a vaccine before anyone else does.
1: Um, but only 30% of Russians want to take the vaccine.
0: Oh,
1: that's awful. Do you know what Sputnik means? No. It means travelling companion.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Will the squad be good Sputniks for each other for their games of Beyond St. Petersburg?
0: We'll find out. You're an excellent, excellent writer.
1: Continental? Tell me. Artem Zuyuba. I've never heard of him. Or Zuba. He's a big striker. He was. He's a captain. He's a brute of a man. Absolute huge guy. Um, looks like he should be maybe a prop in rugby. Massive, uh, ungracious. Um, do you remember John Hartson? Yes. The Russian John Hartson. When you said
0: ungracious, you meant ungraceful, right? You know, you went like he's like he's. I would say he, by the look of him, he's ungracious.
1: <laughs> um, he is getting on a bit. Yeah, he's not as old as us. Okay. But uh, but he was massive for them in the World Cup, if you remember, in Russia. They beat Spain on penalties. Yes. And he, he basically dragged them along. He's he, he's terrifying.
0: I mean, there's a, there's all kinds of rumours about what PEDS, the performance-enhancing drugs, the uh, Russian national team were on in that tournament. So maybe that's why he's so big. Well,
1: the, I could have obviously... This sounds like I'm setting out to be Barnier Stormer, but no, I think that was the tournament that he shone in. I think that one was enough. And I think this is... Potentially the one where he comes undone. Maybe a headbutt. Maybe I'm casting aspersions, but he does look ungracious. My barnier stormer, Alexi Moranchuk.
0: Yeah, great player.
1: He plays for Atalanta, Italian team. They score goals by the bucketful. Joel, they in the last two years, I think they've got over 200 goals. Um, they don't necessarily defend very well but that's not his job he's an attacking midfielder so i think that he could be their star man uh he might not start but if you're watching a listener in the pub and maranchuk is coming on you can say here we go atlanta star man
0: nice like that that's a real good pub fact
1: you've pulled anton shunin
0: let's have some anton shunin goodness oh wow um sort of statuesque, very chiseled in the jaw and cheek area, side parting, sort of sort of dirty blonde, sort of br- light brown hair. I mean, pretty Aryan, other than brown eyes rather than blue.
1: I think he looks like a cos model. Yeah, I know what you mean. And that's why I went for him.
0: Or like a stormtrooper.
1: <laughs> well, you can't see what they look like. Oh no, 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 you can, you weren't talking Star Wars, you were talking Nazis. <laughs> yeah. And we weren't even talking about Germany. No. Well done, Joel. That closes off episode one. <laughs> Thank you for listening. What
0: I well hold on, hold on, hold on. What uh, what an amazing 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 exciting first episode. I cannot wait to dive into group C and D in the next episode and group E and F in the third episode. We are of course going to be with you for the whole tournament. We're going to have guests. We're going to have quizzes. We'll probably have some watch-alongs. I may be promising things that don't transpire. Are you happy that we're back, listener? Well, you know we, we had to redact it Yeah we, we still have to be here anyway So Despite your feelings uh, Kyle Yes. Yeah? Have you had fun? Oh of course This is what I live for <laughs> I mean I've had to wait An extra year For this tournament <laughs> We've had Eight Euro don't say's Eight Barnier Stormers Eight Continentals And eight You've pulled And there'll be eight more In the next episode Bye Kyle Bye Joel Bye listener And we're finished <laughs> That was the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast by Carl Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janos-Bazowski and Amachada Patel. Absolute Worldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeker. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, follow us at Worldy Podcast on Twitter, Absolute Worldy Football Podcast on Instagram, and drop us a line anytime at absoluteworldypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and goodbye.
1: That's enough of that. That's what are you doing?